Uh, I love Sundays. I love Sundays. I love being in the house of God. I love being with God's people. I love the crazy. I love the good. I love the awkward. I love it all. Um, I love being with God's people and seeing God do something. Amen. Uh, we're in a series right now called Jesus Town. We started it um, last week, and we believe it's a, it's a word for this season. I believe if we lean in, it's a word for your life. And I do want to celebrate. This week we started um, back our prayer room for the fall. And if you've been following with us, we launched a prayer room last September, running a year. And then the floods came and uh, the ark was built. And, and the animals didn't go two by two, but the youth, they're close to animals. They were going two by two into small groups. Anyway, we, we got the office rebuilt and um, fixed up. And we started our prayer room this last week. And Monday night, ladies' prayer. Friday, all church prayer, and I think we had our largest number yet on our Friday morning prayer. There's a real hunger to learn in prayer. And if I can be vulnerable, I am, I am stronger than I was a year ago in prayer, and I have so much further to go. And there's something, God's brewing something at a, at a pure, deep level. And we'd encourage you to join us. We, we're praying, and we're believing, and I believe the strength that you're looking for, I believe the communion that we need is found in the prayer room. Before I start, that lyric just caught me. I don't, I'm not going to ask you to try to find it, and I'm going to misquote it. But there was a lyric in that last song. It said, the gospel of old shall not kneel and shall not faint. My God, if there's a line, that's a line. That's a word. The gospel of old shall not kneel and it shall not faint. Know today that God is on the throne. Jesus is still good. His word is true, and his presence is available. And everybody said, by the way, if you're looking to leave here discouraged, you picked the wrong church. I, I'm, go, I'm going to preach you to encouragement today. I'm going to preach you to where you're going to feel God's presence in your life. If this is your first time at church, we're glad you showed up. We're glad that you trusted whoever brought you or if it was an Instagram post. You are in the right place, and we love you. We're so glad that you are here. Coffee is free, uh, and God is good. And um, that should be like our unofficial slogan for church right there. Coffee is free, and God is good. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bible today, can you turn Can you turn to James chapter 4? James chapter Four. We're in a series called Jesus Town, and uh, we want to explore this. What does daily faith look like with Jesus at the center? What does daily faith look like with Jesus at the center? I had someone ask me recently, what are your thoughts on the end times? I was like, okay. What are your thoughts on the end times? Let's go through the book of Revelation. What's about the end times? And I think we need to do a series on the end time. Anybody think we should do a series on the end time? Like dragons and eyes and the whole, we should do the whole, let's do the whole thing. Let's just go for it. Get an inflatable dragon on the stage, why not? Let's just do the whole thing. Uh, uh, Revelation, end times. It seems like people are talking about it more and more and more. And uh, we do. We need to do a series on it. I do think that if we, if I can figure out, if I can submit my life, if I can serve Jesus on the daily, I'm not worried about the eternal. I was going for, for an exam years ago for be credentialed within the denomination that we're a part of. And they asked me, you know, what's your thoughts on tribulation and rapture? Are you pre, mid, post? And they wanted this whole thing. And I looked back. I said, I'm just trying to make it till Friday. And uh, I laughed and they didn't. And, uh, and then it got real awkward and quiet. And I saw them writing notes. And I was like, oh, okay, this is okay. But to be honest, that's actually the way I feel. If I, if, I can, if I can serve Jesus today with my life, daily, if I can serve him today, if I can serve Jesus tomorrow, if I can serve him this week, if I can do that again next week, and if I can put a few of those together, 
and turn it into a lifetime of serving Jesus every day. I am not worried about eternity. I'm not worried about what the end of this will look like because if I can serve him in the daily, I'll have no problem with the eternal. My goal is not to make it to 50 years marriage. If I can love my wife, serve my wife, be the best husband I can be today and do that tomorrow, we got no problem hitting 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. What does it look like daily, practically daily? Because we can say a lot of things, Jesus over everything. We, 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 we serve Jesus, we're Christians. We can say a lot of things. What does that look like daily? Had someone recently say, hey, can I use you as a recommendation for a job I'm going through? I'm like, yep, you can, but can I encourage you? Don't look at the job description. Ask them what the job looks like daily. Because I've learned this. Sometimes the description and the actual is very different. Ask your boss, when am I in the office? Do I get a lunch break? Am I working the phones or am I in the warehouse? What do you see my schedule looking like each day? Because the daily is where it's won and lost. Jesus Town, what does it look like in our daily faith with Jesus at the center? And we're going through this. And I believe God's going to encourage you. Some of you, he's going to call you to a higher level uh, in the daily. And I think if we can figure out the daily, we'll have no problem with the eternal. Amen? 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 Last week we talked about Jesus being the center of town. And we want to challenge you last week. If you were here, I don't say this often, but if you didn't, were not here, you need to stream that. Go on our YouTube and watch that. What are we building our lives around? Are we building it around ourselves? Or we're building around Jesus at the center. And we compare Genesis um, to Jesus. Tower of Babel. And one, they built a replica of faith that was built around themselves. And it was left in ruins and confusion. The other was built around Jesus as the cornerstone and foundation. And hell can't win against that. And the storms can't stop. What are you building your life around? I don't know if that encouraged you. I don't know if that convicted you. But I want to encourage you. Jesus wants to be the center of our life. James 4. We're going to start reading in verse 7 from the NIV version. James 4, verse 7. Bring your Bible to church. Your kids need to see you reading your Bible in church. What Pastor Matt said, if you caught it there about he was apologizing for reading a digital Bible, we have no problem with digital Bibles. I got one right here I'm using right now. But we have a core value as a team that whenever we read the Bible on stage, for the most part, we try to use one of these. Why? Because no, no one looks twice at you holding a phone. But if you read your Bible, something changes. And we want to elevate the word of God. And we read from iPhones and iPads, but there's something about the word of God. Bring your Bible to church. People need to see you carrying your Bible. You need your Bible. Amen? James chapter 4, verse 7. But he gives us more grace. Oh, I'm so thankful he gives us more grace. I need some more grace, some more strength. Some more power. He gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. I'm going to read that again. Come near to God. Look at the order of this. We come near to God, and then he comes near to us. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Submit yourselves to God. I want to talk this morning in this second part of this series, Jesus Town, this title today, this thought that I believe I wants to call us higher as Jesus followers. We are Jesus followers here. If you're wondering what we are, we are passionate about Jesus. This title, After You. Look at the person next to you and say, no, no, after you. Look back at them and go, no, 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 after you. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. God, thank you for what you've done already this morning. You are over everything. Jesus, you're over everything. Father, you're over our families, you're over our teenagers, you're over our fears and our joys, our vision and our regrets, you're over our government, you're over our families, Father, you're over our eternity, oh, and you are over our past. We love you, Jesus. Pray these next few minutes would not be a waste of time. 
pray it would not just be a TED talk. God, I'm asking for a spiritual exchange that, Father, your word would not return void, that it would be transformation in the lives of every person in this room and online. God, we want to leave here more like you than we walked in. Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Authority is a really touchy topic right now in culture. It's a hot topic. I don't know, I don't know if, if you feel it. I know as a communicator, I was saying to my daughter yesterday, I was, doing, I was working on my sermon last night, and I said, Maddie, don't believe the lie that homework is done when you're done school. Any of us that are working, you know, you have presentations and jobs and you have spreadsheets and budgets. I'm like, I'm doing my homework. And I said, you know what's interesting about my job? I said, I have a presentation due every single week. And I present it in front of uh, 500 people and the whole wide internet live. I said, sometimes that strikes me as awkward. Uh, but I feel it as a communicator of the gospel, trying my best to decipher scripture and follow Jesus, that there's some topics that are really touchy. I could name a few, but it would make you awkward. Right? I just, I just, there's just, it's, authority is a touchy topic right now in culture. Who's in charge is a touchy topic. Do we obey those in authority? When do we not obey those in authority? Is there a certain point we do not obey those? The Bible says honor the, your leaders. Is there a certain point where honor and obedience is not the same? It's touchy. And you think there's one answer. Maybe even the church, there's not. We can be as divided as, we, as, as possible. It's a touchy Topic is disagreeing hate. Is agreeing love. Who tells us what to do? You feel that awkwardness in the room? You feel that right there? Who's in charge? Authority is really a touchy topic in culture right now. Submission, the word submission is a bad word these days. And the very thought of submitting has actually been canceled. It's really a touchy topic and Google uh, defines submission, and I love this definition. Here's how Google defines it. The action or fact of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. Doesn't everything inside you in this day and age want to push back on that? Go, no, no one leads me. I'm not yielding my will to another. Whether they have a government office or a position at work or in my family, submission has become a, a, a thought. That wants to be canceled. There is a belief right now in culture that no one should be in charge and every person should lead themselves. Have you, have you, have you, you, if you haven't been living under a rock, you, you know this. And it's creeped into the church, it's creeped into my life and your life, that no one's in charge and every person for themselves. Here's how we say it. That's your truth. This is my truth. You do what's good for you. I'm fine. You do what's ever good for you. And I'll do what's good for me. And then when it creeps into our lives, we push back and going, you will not lead me. On any side political, on any side of culture, on any side of life, we're all like, you do you, I'll do me. But if you try to impose on me, I push back because no one's in charge. This is the culture we live in. Here's how it comes out. No one's in charge. You can't trust the government. I actually thought someone would say amen there. I thought we might be riled up this morning. <laughs> not my president, not my king. Don't obey the police. In fact, we need to defund them. Don't respect parents. Schools knows what's best for our kids. Don't listen to teachers. They're trying to steer our kids wrong. Don't honor your boss. They value profits over people. Don't follow church leadership because they will only fail you. They're corrupt, and we've seen so much of that. Don't listen to mainstream media. They're all government propaganda. Don't believe anything you see in non-mainstream media 
because now AI can manipulate voices and faces and nothing is as it seems. Everything is manipulated and nothing can be trusted. Everyone has an agenda, so no one should be in charge. Nothing is as it seems and everyone is lying. Are you encouraged yet? Just, just feel hope just flooding your soul right now. There's this whole culture of no one should be in charge. We don't follow, we don't submit. And here's the result. We don't trust anyone, and we just say, lead yourself. To be a follower of Jesus is to radically resist self-leading and to submit to God's leading in our lives. See, we say it often, and sometimes you think it's just a line. We are Jesus followers here. If you cut us, we bleed Jesus followers. We are trying uh, with the Holy Spirit's help to follow Jesus. It is not easy, but it is worth it. And we are a part of a movement over 2,000 years in the making of people that said, Jesus over everything. He is my king. He is my Lord. And though he slay me, I will follow. The world behind me, the cross before me, there's no going back. And as best I can, with his help, I will live my life following Jesus. We are Jesus followers here. And the call right now is not to reject the world. The call for us, the greatest threat to, to our, our faith is not an outside religion or belief system. It's inside that says, I can have my spirituality, but I don't have to follow Jesus. That's called religion. And it's the greatest drug that I struggle with in my life. You may have a different addiction, but sometimes I've been around this so long, I want the benefits of church without the lordships of Jesus. I like the songs, I like the coffee, I like the small groups, I like the community, I like the culture. But when it comes down to it, in my private thoughts and private moments, I want to be in charge. I want to control my thoughts, my money, my values, my goals, and where I spend my life. And to be a Jesus follower is to radically resist self-leading and to submit to God's leading in your lives. And it is radical to say that. You want to talk crazy? You tell people, I'm not in charge of my life. I follow Jesus. That is radical. And we believe it. All the scriptures of old, they shall not kneel and they shall not faint. You might be tempted to think that this is a new era in history of mankind ushered in by social media. We just like to blame everything on social media right now in my house. TikTok's the, the devil, by the way. There's different names for the devil, Beelzebub, Lucifer, TikTok. We're just right up there. I was growing up, we had Tic Tacs. They're completely different. But, but you might think this is a new era in, in culture. Tempted this is a new era. Listen to this. Pastor Charles Spurgeon, in his sermon, dated April 7th, 1878. That was 145 years ago. Listen to his sermon. Listen, tell me this is not written for today. His title was called The Reason Why Many Cannot Find Peace from 1878. This is a quote from his sermon. The lack of submission is no new or rare fault in mankind. So he was saying in, 19, in 1878, this is not new. So it's been around for a while. Ever since the fall, it has been both the root of all sin. From the moment when our mother Eve stretched out her hand to pluck the forbidden fruit and her husband joined her in setting up the human will against the divine. The sons of man have universally been guilty of a lack of conformity to the will of God. They choose their own way and will not submit their wills. They think their own thoughts and will not submit their understanding. They love earthly things and will not submit their affections. Men want to be his own law and his own master. Things change, but not much. This is not a new thing. This is a people thing. We read in James 4, 7, we just read it today. Submit to God. 
Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And I can't help but read that and, and encourage you today that the ability to flee evil, and we all say we want to flee evil. There is evil running rampant. Our media is full of the reports of people doing horrible things. Our, 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 we see it in our culture, our cities. We see it in everyday life. But the ability to flee evil is preceded by following God. We'd all agree we want to flee evil. How many more hashtags for pray for so-and-so, pray for this city, that town, that school, that nation? It's, it's preceded. The fleeing of evil is preceded by following God. Submit to God and then resist the devil. The strength to resist starts with the decision to submit. The strength to resist, we need to resist the enemy. God's doing something, but it starts with the decision to submit. As Christians, our willingness to submit to Jesus comes from Jesus' example of submission. People, why, why should I follow Jesus? What's powerful is when we read scripture, our, our, our power to follow Jesus, our desire to submit to Jesus, the, the very authority that he has to lead us comes from his own submission. He is worthy to follow. You need to know this, men and women will disappoint you. By a show of hands, anybody ever been disappointed by someone? Without showing hands, anybody ever been disappointed by leaders of this church? I know I have. I've disappointed myself. Men and women will, will disappoint you. Bosses, spouses, friends, parents, children, leaders will disappoint you. But Jesus is worthy to follow. The power of Jesus' submission. In John 1, it says this way, Christ lived the perfect submission to the Father. The Father did not coerce him to become flesh and dwell among us. He submitted and said, I'll go. In John 15, it says Jesus chose to enter the fallen, sinful world to lay down his life on the cross so that God could save us through him, John 3, 17. Jesus Christ came from heaven on his own will to die on the cross. He chose to place himself under the authority of the Father. Paul writes it this way in Philippians 2, 6-7. Jesus Christ, who thought, or who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, humbled himself, by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Matthew records Christ's perfect submission in the garden. We read it every Easter. The night before his crucifixion, we see Jesus' anguish on his face when he thinks about the horrors of the cross coming. And Jesus' words echo through the ages in Matthew 26, 39. My father, if it be possible, let this cup, let this decision, let this plan that you have pass from me. Nevertheless. Not my will, but your will be done. Even with the terror of death looming, Christ does not exercise his own will, but obeys the Father. Oh, he is worthy to follow, church. He is worthy to lead us. Jesus looked at the Father and said, not my will. He said, after you. Jesus lived his life. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. What he's saying is, it's not me, it's after him. When it comes down to a hard time, he said, Father, after you. When it came down to teaching, he said, after you. When it came down to his values and his goals, he said, after you. So how do Christians, how do we as Jesus followers submit? We trust ourselves to Christ. If your goal is to attend a church, you can do that by simply showing up on a Sunday. But if you believe that there is power, not in attending a service, but following a Lord, something will radically start to shift. If we're not careful, we'll compartmentalize. 
It's a great skill to compartmentalize. If you have any authority or any mental health, you need to know the power of compartmentalizing. I've had moments in meetings in my life, in this profession, when I've walked out with tears coming down my face of someone's life, literally tragedy hitting them, and then compartmentalizing, walking home, picking up my son and taking him to soccer practice. You need to know the power of compartmentalizing. Some of you, you know the power of coming in your driveway, some of you, some of you women and some of you men, and just sitting in the car going, that was a tough day. Had to lay that person off, that person quit, that was a tough situation. Some of you in the medical field, you know what you're, if you did not compartmentalize, you would literally be bleeding over people in your life. Taking my seven-year-old when he was seven to soccer going, man, I got to tell you about this abuse I just heard. I got to tell you about this mental health crisis. No, no, why? Compartmentalize. You need the strength of compartmentalizing. If we're not careful, though, we'll compartmentalize our faith. We're like, okay, I am now in church. Sit up straight, sing the songs. Right, dust off the Bible. Did I bring my Bible? Bring my Bible. I got to change my wording. I got to make sure I'm just, I'm in church. This does not work compartmentalized. Religion was, was, was a whitewashed sepulcher, dead, but it was, it was dead on the inside. It's like the, it only worked in the temple. This doesn't work just in the temples. It works in the streets and the sheets. It works in the bedroom and boardrooms and back rooms. It cannot compartmentalize this. And if we're Jesus followers, we have to say, how do I submit my will to Jesus. When I'm browsing online or talking in a coffee shop with friends, when I'm spending my money and making my values, how do I submit? That is the question we have to ask. And that's why this is so radical. It's interesting. It doesn't shrink the church. I think people want this. In their heart, they know there's a standard. They know there's power in the name of Jesus Christ. Even in scripture, it says, all that call me Lord, Lord, will not enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those that actually do my words. I believe there are people that are lifting their hands in worship all over the world, and they're far from God. And at times, even in my own life, I've been that person. How do we submit as Christians? We trust ourselves to Christ, knowing that he submitted himself for God's sake. He laid down his life for us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can lay down our life for Christ for the sake of the gospel. Jesus taught us to submit even when we read it every single Sunday, he taught us to submit what we call the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. He says in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He's like after you, after your name, not my name, your name, after you. But Jesus, no, after, after you, it's your name. After your name, your kingdom come. You know, I've realized I have a kingdom. I pay for it bi-weekly over the next 40 years. <laughs> I have, I have cars, I have, I have a lawn, I have goals, I have regrets, I have things I'm building and things I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for and things I'm trying for. I have a kingdom. And Jesus says, your kingdom come after you, your kingdom, God, your kingdom first. He taught us this in a prayer. When you pray, submit. Your will be done on earth as is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus was saying, submission proceeds provision. I need provision. Cost of living. I need grace. I need strength in my faith. I need forgiveness. I am, a, I am a sinning saint, and so are you. We need the grace of God. I need provision. But Jesus says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Submission proceeds provision. I could ask you today, what do you need? And we have a list. The first question is, where do we need to submit? Jesus calling us to follow. There's two invitations in Scripture 
One is, if you know the Gospels, and if you go through the Gospels, Jesus starts this whole thing by calling teenagers. Most of his followers, we have now changed the world. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, these, these, these disciples that we know by name, we've named our kids after hospitals and cities, and they, they were teenagers. You know the story. He's walking. He starts his ministry. He starts out, and he walks by these men, tax collecting and fishing and carpenters and doctors, and he said, follow me. You read scripture, he's walking by these two brothers fishing. He says, hey, and they recognize he was a rabbi by the way he was dressed. And they, they had missed their time to be a rabbi. They're at the age where they already would have been picked by a local rabbi. So because they didn't get picked, they went back into another career. And they're trying to make a living at fishing. And they have thoughts of, can we expand this maybe to more boats and more nets and hire a crew and we can subcontract. And maybe we can get enough to move from this house to this neighborhood. And they had these goals in this kingdom. And Jesus walks by and they recognize the anointing on his life. And he said, follow me. And it says immediately they put down their nets. They said to these men, you take over. We're done here. And they left. We read it here in scripture, uh, summarizing in Matthew 16, 24. It says, Jesus now said to these disciples, they've been with him for a while. They've been following for a while. And he says this, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. There's another invitation in Mark chapter 10. My Bible has it called the rich young ruler. Jesus again now is walking with these teenagers and he has a crew. And as he, as he, as he gathered one or two, he would, he would walk by another crowd and say, hey, follow me. And it was like this Pied Piper walking through. It was like this movement. He'd walk by and say, follow me. And people started gathering. gathering and it started with one, then two, then three, then four, then five. And hundreds of disciples following Jesus. And it says in Mark 10, he walks by this one rich young ruler, and all we know about him, he was rich, he was young, and he had authority. It says Jesus was starting his way out to Jerusalem, verse 17, and a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? People come to church for the teaching, they love the teaching. That's why you have Instagram bios with teaching clips and, and, and verses, we love it, man, it's, it's positive, it's helpful. He had eternal cravings. What must I do to eternal life? All wor the world has eternal cravings. We're all, we all know there's more than just growing up, having relationships, getting a job, retiring. We know there's got to be more than this. In the hearts of men, there's a God-shaped vacuum, and we all know there's more. And this man walked up saying, good teacher, what must I do to figure out eternal life? He says, why do you call me good? Jesus asked, only God is truly good. Again, he said, after you. After you, Father. But to answer your question, you must know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your mother and father. Side note, fascinating that he put honoring your mother and father right up there with murder, just so you know. Any teenagers in the room, just that's the thought right there. Then he goes on and says, teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And he looks at him and he said, there's still one thing you haven't submitted. Go and sell all your possessions. Give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away, sad, because he had many possessions. See, God wasn't after his possessions. God's not after your stuff. He's not that cheap, and he's not that basic. He wants much more than your stuff. He's not after your boat. He's not after your, your stocks. He's not after your Bitcoin. He's not after it. He's after your heart. 
I'm looking at this man, for someone else it might have been his career, for someone else it might have been his family, for someone else it might have been his fame, for this man it was his stuff. And he said, you haven't submitted everything. See, it's interesting, disciples looked at Jesus when he walked by, and when, he, when they were fishing, and he said, follow me. And they dropped everything and said, after you. I just pictured him walking down the street. Nick, Emily, Dan, follow me. And they just dropped everything and said, after you. We see in Mark 10, though, this, this ruler comes up and says, hey, what must I do? And he says, you got to follow me. And this young man said, no, no, I can't do that. You have to come after me. That is the battle. That is the struggle. Is Jesus saying, not my will, but yours be done. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to say after you. After you, Lord, in my life. After you in my purity. After you in my career. After you in my possessions. After you in my future. After you. But so many people are saying, no, no, God, you can come after me. After me. Let me just, let me just get, let me just figure out who I want to marry, then you, then we'll serve you. Let me just get my kids situated when they're old enough. Like, like it's, it's trying right now. They're like three and four. Wait till they're old. Then, then, then we'll follow you. I just got to get myself established financially. Then I'll, then I'll follow you. Just got to figure out these, sow my wild oats for a bit. I got stuff to do. Then I'll follow you. You know, it's interesting. Jesus is still making the same invitation today. He's still saying, follow me and I'll make you. If you read it, he says to the disciples, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you the ability to have influence and leadership over mankind. Follow me and I'll make you. There's still an invitation. Jesus is still calling us to follow, and then he wants to make you. Make no mistake, God has a plan for your life. He wants to make you something. He has a goal for your life. He sees you complete. He wants to make your faith. He wants, you, he wants to bless your family. He wants you to have influence in culture. He has a plan to grow your spirit. He has a plan for your life. He wants to make you. But it starts with, follow me and I'll make you. He's still calling that invitation. Today, if you're listening, you can hear him saying, follow me. I got plans for you. I want to make you. There's still two answers to that invitation. There's still two choices. That's fine, Jesus, but after me, I got stuff to do. Or we say, Jesus, after you. If we're building something here in this Jesus town, in this faith that we have, we have to on the daily wake up and go after you. Before your feet hit the floor, go, not my will, your will be done. God, after you today. Before you leave your house walking out the door, I've been finding myself doing this recently. I find myself walking into my car going, after you. You might find that silly, but there's something happening in my life going, after you. Walking into a hard meeting where I feel like maybe I have to defend myself or try to get my point across. I'm like, not my will, not my fame, not my reputation. After you. In my budget, in my, in my, in my job, I'm saying, after you. Abraham Lincoln said it this way. Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side. For God is always right. The question isn't if God's for you. The question isn't if God is blessings are chasing you. The question isn't if God's following you. The question is, are we following him after you? Before your feet hit the floor, after you, Lord Jesus. Before I leave the house, after you, Lord Jesus. In relationship decisions, after you. 
Lord Jesus, in our pursuits after you, Lord Jesus. Here's what I want to challenge you this week. If you're just coming to church, this will go over your head, but if you're saying, I'm on, a, I'm on a pursuit, I want Jesus to be the center of my life, here's my challenge for you this week. Before your feet hit the floor in the mornings, whether you sleep on a couch, whether you live in a single bed or a king-sized bed, wherever you sleep, before your feet hit the floor, open your eyes and say, after you. Because if we can follow him in the daily, we'll have no problem with the eternal. Not my will, your will be done. When you come to an intersection of choice, go after you. An intersection of relationship, I want that relationship, but Lord, only after you. I want to defend myself, no, no, Lord, after you. I want to pursue this career, this education, but God, only after you. I want to put my money, my time, my treasure, my talents, I want to put my energy after you. It starts with after church, if Jesus is going to be the center of something we're building that hell can't come against and storms can't stop, it starts with after you. He's still calling to follow. And there's still two choices. Jesus, you have to wait until after me or no Jesus. After you. Can we stand to our feet today? We're going to sing a song today about your whole heart. I want to, in these next few minutes, open these altars. We have a few on our prayer team. You'll see them with lanyards on. If any part of today, it might have been the worship, it might have been the message, but a part of you wants prayer for something. We're going to dismiss in a moment. The coffee will be there. There's free Bibles if you need one. There'll be next steps. We got a, we got a few minutes today. The preacher behaved himself and is on time. But right now, it's, I got to get to this next thing, or is it after you? Can I just challenge you these next few minutes? to just lean into this song about giving our whole heart to Jesus. And maybe there's something you need prayer for. Maybe there's something that's identified or registered with you in this moment. Maybe if you would, prayer team's even coming now. It's helping me out. And a few more of the other prayer teams if they want to jump in. You'll see them at the end of these aisles. If you just want someone to pray with you, let us lay hands and believe for this moment that you'll have the strength to follow Jesus and say, tomorrow morning when you wake up after you, Lord Jesus, when you walk through that door of work, when you've been not treated the best and maybe you've been overlooked or maybe you've gone through some things going, after you. When you feel pressured to build your own thing and do it your own way, going, after you. When you feel like people are pulling away because of your decisions to follow Jesus and you want to defend your name and you want to justify and you want to argue, go, no, no, no. After you. Today we want to give you a chance to pray for you worship this song. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're still calling people to follow you with a promise to make us. And God, we answer today after you. God, we must decrease and you must increase. We submit ourselves to God and we resist evil. God, help us. Jesus, you are worth following. We thank you that you gave up everything to win us. And we, we, we match you. We meet you there. We say we give up and we follow you. Father, I pray for strength in this room. Would you increase the radical uh, following of your name? I pray there would be a passion in this room. May we resist the look of spirituality. May we embrace the radical following of Jesus Christ. We serve you, Lord, and we say after you. In Jesus' name, come on, worship team, would you lead us today? The altar is open. If you want prayer today for anything at all, we want to pray for you these next few minutes and encourage you today.
before God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Come close to God and God will come close to you. You need to know today there's a space in this place for you to feel the presence of God like you haven't felt him in a while. When we lift up the name of Jesus and say after you, we're going to sing that song, Jesus over everything. We're going to get a redo today to sing that song. Can you sing that as an anthem today of Jesus after you? It's a name above all names. After you. And tomorrow when you wake up, before your feet hit the floor, say, Jesus, after you. Before you leave your house, your apartment, wherever you live, after you. Before you walk into your place of employment or the school that you learn from, Jesus, after you. If we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. And there's a level of peace and of grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's sing this together. If you want prayer, the altars are open. We're going to believe today that God can strengthen you and help you. Come on, sing this together.
Be blessed.